Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good evening. Welcome to the Exceptional Scribble Show. I am your host, Sage, the poet. That's my signature. I'm hoping that everyone under the sound of my voice is in both good spirits and in good health. Tonight's broadcast is especially dear to my heart for the following reason. As an independent or ND literary artist, in other words, being an independent artist. It is not a glorified status. You work really hard to build your own brand and it requires of you a lot of energy, a lot of emotion, of course, and just a whole lot of time. And yes, you're going to have to spend money to create a platform for yourself. One that will embellish your artistry. And as for literary art, I'm referring to poets, novelists, journalists, writers of all genres. This is not an undaunting task. It takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of wit, a lot of deliberating. You have to be deliberate and a lot of contemplation. You have to contemplate, hmm, how am I going to go about packaging this storytelling or narrative in such a way where I can attract my target audience? and others. So with that being said, I'm hoping that everyone that's tuned in tonight is someone, if you're not yet a published author, you're someone that is definitely on that path to becoming one. Because for tonight, we are privileged, we are honored to have a special guest and feature artist, the feature artist in the spotlight on Yes, episode 230, can I say 32? Yes, of the Exceptional Scribble Show is an accomplished writer, a published author. He is best known by the following title name, The Writing King, Richard G. Lowe is that guest. And I'm gonna share a little bio info about the author at this time. Richard G. Lowe provides the following writing services. 
And listen closely because I'm certain that some, if not all of these services are services that you need. Here are just a few as listed. Blogging, book coaching, book cover designer, book formatting, copywriting, ghost writing, LinkedIn profile creator, optimization, custom branding, publishing, and self-published author services, as well as technical writing. And that's just to name a few. Richard G. Lowe Jr. is the owner and senior writer, copywriter, ghostwriter, WordPress implementation, all services via the Writing King. And for those who want to contact him promptly, immediately, you can contact the Writing King by visiting the following web link, www.richardlowe, which is spelled L-O-W-E, dot C-E-L. So I'm going to say this. If you visit www.richardlow.tel, or here's another one. You can email him at rich at thewritingking.com. Rich, R-I-C-H, at thewritingking.com. Or you can go to www.thewritingking.com. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're ready to begin. I know you've been anticipating and waiting all week long and all last weekend for this day. So have I. So there's a lot of questions I'm sure that you have, as well as questions that I know I have, that we need answered. And who better? Can we refer to then the writing king himself? So without any further ado, I am rolling the red carpet and turning the spotlight onto our special guest and feature artist, Mr. Richard G. Lowe Jr. Welcome, Rich. Hello. Um, I feel welcome. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm so honored to have you back and to have you on every third. Tuesday on the Exceptional Scribble Show, we are so grateful. We are humbled, we are honored, and we are just very thankful that you said yes, because we know there's so many newcomers on the scene as for published authors. And a lot of them, this is the first time ever for them to be published. So they are doing this with no experience, some. For others, they did a lot of homework and research, but they still don't have the published author experience yet. So they're yet vulnerable and can become prey to a lot of what they call vanity publishers out there. 
Um, what would you like to say to that group? Because we definitely want to start there with um, meeting their needs. Because a lot of times, because they don't know, they are most vulnerable and fall victim and become prey to these vanity publishers. So what can you say to kind of prep them so that that does not become their fate? Well, first to understand is that there are several kinds of publishing. Um, one, you can go the traditional route that usually requires having an agent and knowing some people in the industry and shopping it around. It can be quite time consuming. And you also have to write a proposal and so forth. Um, then there's the totally self-published route, and that's where you do everything yourself. That can be intimidating to a lot of writers because, I mean, Amazon can be scary. There's a lot of questions to ask, and who knows the answers, mm -hmm. and who knows what to do. Who's going to promote it, um, et cetera, et cetera. There's lots of things to, to resolve. So what people wind up doing is they wind up searching on the web for publishing companies or, or something like that. And there are some good ones. There are some bad ones. It's really hard to tell. Uh, first of all, self-publishing is not that difficult. And mm. it's, it's, you can get it through Amazon or you can get it through like me. I can do it for you on a, an hourly rate if you want. Um, there are plenty of options. The problem with um, so-called vanity publishers, and they tend to call them hybrid publishers now, is that uh, <clears throat> you wind up paying for the publishing. And you wind up paying a lot of money. And you're, you're doing, I mean, that can be what you want. But they usually, it's like when you go to a car and they want to put on the, the undercarriage covering and the, you know, the, the chrome covers and all this other stuff that cost the dealer like three bucks, but he's charging you $1,000 for it. And that's what you've got to watch out for in a lot of the vanity publishers. Now, vanity publishing is actually means where you pay everything. You pay for the books. So you might pay $5,000 to get a book published, and you receive 1,000 copies in the mail you know, or, or a pallet full of them that you put in your garage, and now, good luck, you get to sell them. Uh, don't ever do that. Hmm. You've got to you've got to put those in your in your sales box and wander around the neighborhood and sell them to libraries and stuff. It's all on you, mm -hmm. and you've got you've, you've already wasted the money. You may hmm. as well just publish them on Amazon and, and on, um, you know because Amazon does um, print on demand now, so there is no pallet in the garage anymore. It's all print on demand. Oh, so okay. don't 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 ever do vanity publishing. That's mm -hmm. my advice. Don't even go there. The the more the hybrid publishers who do, or the small end publishers, they can be useful. If if you're really intimidated by it and you just don't want to deal with it, just you can get the publishing package from them, and just they'll just publish the book. And that's that could be a few hundred dollars. To, it should be under a thousand to publish it on Kindle and on um, paperback. Um, they'll. they'll I believe Book Baby does it for relatively inexpensive, and some others who will do the work for you. But um, it's really not that intimidating. I have a service where you can buy my book coaching, and then I'll actually uh, connect to your computer and and walk you through doing it. And it usually only takes a couple hours. Hmm. And 
that can be very useful to authors who are intimidated. They don't they don't know what they're getting into. And then I'm I'm there. I'm saying, okay, enter this and enter this and huh? do this. And, oh, no, no, don't press that button. You know, and <laughs> and oh, and wow. uh, the whole process can take some time. But then you, once you've learned it, you you do it again next time by yourself, or you hire me again, and I show you the next time. And by the second time, it's, it becomes old hat, and you just you don't have to worry about it. So that's one of the services that I like to offer. And it's very valuable to writers because they don't have to um, they don't have to worry about it anymore, and mm -hmm. they learn, and that gives them power. That, that empowers them to do it themselves, uh, and not be at the beck and call of some publisher. And most important of all, not to have signed a contract with some publisher signing over all the rights to the book to them. That's probably the thing you got to look out the most for from a. Mm -hmm. uh, so-called book publisher is that you basically might have given them all rights to the book. And that means you can't oh. do anything else with it without getting it back from them. You might have to buy it back from them. You might have to beg them. You might have all kinds of things going on. And you don't want to do that. So if you get my service, it's your book. Uh, we create your account together. We walk through everything. I'll explain everything as we go. We enter, And when we're done, you've got a book that's up there and, and ready to go. Um, not, you'll have to worry about promotion and stuff yourself, and I can help you with that also. But um, yeah, that, that makes it a lot easier. And and once you've gone through it, it's it's really not that intimidating. It's pretty straightforward. Oh, okay. Wow. Now that's something I would have to say that is quite alluring for me as a writer. If I'm not quite certain about how I want to finalize my book, I can just consult with you by way of cyberspace online. And you can advise me and walk me through step by step the process. And and that service is uh, best referred to as book coaching. And I can get the preparedness that I'm in need of to become a published author of a new book. I think that's awesome. Yep. Yep. And when I think we're done, really you'll, have awesome. it, you'll, have you'll have it for sale on Amazon. And when it's and and when that service is fulfilled, my book will be available for purchase on Amazon. Now that's that's great. That's great news. I just posted that on the event page. I'm about to post it on some other sites that I know cater to literary artists because this is like a or uh, an a soon to be published author's dream come true. I I don't remember ever hearing this said by anyone else but you. Um, and I've been a writer now for some time. Uh, there's a lot of consultants out there, but I've never heard them speak this. And I think. By way of technology, this is the next best thing to someone literally taking you by the hand and walking you through and giving well, exactly you a tour of this what exactly that, this that, is what publishing exactly entails. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The point is, is, is so that you learn. Um, my book coaching service can be anything. So if you were, if you had something you wanted to figure out how to write, I could help you with that. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to help writing it. I've got one guy in Israel who we work 
an hour a week and I give him assignments and he goes off and does them and he comes back. So, you know, one assignment might be create this character and the character arc. We talk about what that means and then he comes back and we fix that up and then we go on to the next thing. So that's one thing we can do. We can publish. I can help promote. It's really, you're just buying hours of my time and you do what you want with it and I help you out the best I can. Um, and uh, give you the advice you need and show you what needs to be done. I've done it all. I've done everything from ebooks to paperbacks to hardcovers to to audiobooks and everything in between fiction, nonfiction. I mean, you name it, I've done it. So uh, you, there's all, I can almost certainly help you. In fact, I can say I can huh. certainly help you. Um, yeah, yes, indeed. This, I mean, this is good for your college. We have so many university and college students. They have to write these term and research papers that just need some guidance in, in reference to the writing process. They've done the research. They've done all that's required as far as gathering data, but they're not sure how to implement it into the actual format that their professor is requiring of them. So. Are you also um, providing that service? And helping well? them with like their term papers and stuff? Yes, to kind of structure them or if they have, yeah, that final thesis or what have you, which is just being able to formulate the wording in such a way and structuring the format in the correct way so that they can have a successful paper in terms of the grade that they're seeking or in need of getting. Um, that's not generally something that I do um, very often. I can certainly help, but so that would I, I be like really tutor, write. like a writing tutor, I guess. That would be so. more like a writing tutor. Yeah, oh, okay. that's a very structured format, a very specific format, as dependent on the school. Mm -hmm. And I, I, tend, um, I tend to not do that. Um, although certainly, if somebody needs that service, they shouldn't hesitate to call, and we can talk about it. Okay. So, do you do referrals? If you don't do if you can't provide the service yourself, are you are you one that does referrals as well? And is there a fee um, for referrals? If I know if I know somebody who will do it, there's no fee. I'll just refer them to it. It's just part of being, you know, um, in business. I okay. get referrals. And I get referrals. Hmm. Um, now, as for your writers, your to be more specific, your urban fiction writers. Um, have you written or have you authored any urban fiction books and or um, other than having authored them yourself, have, do you also um, provide insight or advice to someone that is publishing their first or maybe their last urban fiction novel? Uh, I can give advice on any kind of novel that they want. Um, so yeah, I could do that. Certainly wouldn't mind. Mm -hmm. Now, any kind of novel, would that fall under all types or all genres of writing? Yeah, I don't have any problem We're talking about any genre. Whatever, and that whatever, you, whatever you've got going, I can help you. Okay, and that includes children's literature. I haven't done any children's stuff yet, um, but I certainly would be, again, I'd be willing to have a, a free consultation to find out what, um, 
what you need and we work it out. Mm, okay. Wow. Sounds it's like always a free consultation. Plan. Yes, indeed. Now, I'm finding that a lot of people are, uh, I guess it's trendy as for pop culture. Uh, these, what they call urban legends, they're fiction stories and they're short stories. Um, would you recommend if an author is becoming a published, their main main goal is to become a published author, but they're trying to appeal to, I guess, a younger audience between age, let's say, 15 and 35, uh, can, that can they should... Me? didn't really get that. Can you say it again? Sure. Um, if there's a new up and coming writer and they're trying to appeal to a younger audience, I would say like your millennials between 18 and 35 or even between 15 and 35, but they want to stay in writing what's trendy. Uh, would you recommend that they would write something like urban legends that would fall in the category of urban fiction more so than to write like a biopic <clears throat> something that was more autobiography well autobiographies are very hard to sell i would mm. use caution on, on, on autobiographies because i mean unless you're famous who's going to be interested in it you know your family maybe your friends and that's that unless there's something very significant about you I mean, it can be fun and it can be fulfilling to write an autobiography. I've written one. I didn't publish it. Um, but it's a tough sell. And, and mm -hmm. that's, now, as far as fiction writing, uh, fiction writing is fiction books have a much bigger audience and a much bigger market than nonfiction, depending on the type of nonfiction. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, I'm, I've been leaning heavily, more heavily towards doing fiction lately. And I do short fiction. So it's, Oh, okay. Eight to ten, eight to twelve thousand words. Something I can write in a week or two, and then publish it and go on to the next one. Mm -hmm. and, um, but I, I mean, I've got customers who do, who do um, full-length novels. I got one that we're up to fifty thousand words. We we get together every single day. In fact, just before the show, and spend an hour going through and writing it together. And I, like I said, I got another one who's writing a science fiction book. He's in Israel, and then another one we're starting tomorrow writing um she's not sure what she wants to write yet all she knows is she wants a book and she's already paid for the service and um we're going to work together on the book it'll probably be some kind of fiction and um she's going to have fun with that so that's you just, and you have to do research you have to figure out what kind of what kind of um um what will work for you, you know, it, it, okay so, like, you're going to do some research on, on on Amazon, and you're going to look at seeing what's selling and what the best sellers are, and is that particular thing saturated? So you might look at, um, um, you know, diastopian urban future novels, and you might find out that 10,000 million of them have been published, and there's no way you're going to write a book that's going to get up the charts. You might want to skip that one. 
But then again, you might find a, a novel about, you might want to write a novel about, um, I'm making this up, about, um, you know, Aquaman on an alien planet. And you might look and find that there's, there's very little about that. That might also be a bad right. choice because that, people aren't looking for it. So then oh. you eventually find one that looks like it's in the middle. And there's some tools to help you do that. And you find something that's selling well but isn't saturated. And mm -hmm. then you write the novel in that area. And that's one way to do it. And the other way to do it is just to write something you're interested in. You're interested in, uh, you're interested in, um, you know, uh, what would you call it? Um, romance novels. So write a romance novel. Your first okay. one is going to sell. Your second one is going to sell a little bit. Your third one will start to sell. Your fourth one will sell even more. So you have to write a series. And after you get to your fourth one, you've smoothed it out and they'll start to sell. But you, you never count on your first one selling. Okay. Mhm. Mm Never count on it. So it doesn't matter if it's something trendy or not. If it's your first one, you kind of hit or well, you, miss, but kind of more so miss. You're you're um, you're um you're still building your 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 uh, audience. You're building your your people. You got to remember, mm -hmm. ten thousand books are published every single day on Amazon. Right. So you you have to build up loyal readers who like your stuff, and that's building the platform. So okay. you, you do that on Facebook, you do that on on Amazon, you do that on Twitter, you build mm -hmm. YouTube, you build up an, uh, loyal followers who love your work, and then yes, you eventually build a tribe basically who follow you around and who are looking for your books. And mm -hmm. like what you do, and, and and love to tell everybody about it, and so forth. And then you start to become more famous, and then your books start to sell. That's why one of the things when I coach authors, I tell them is, don't worry about your first book. Your first book, just publish it. Don't spend a lot of time yeah. worrying about the cover or the book or how good it is. I mean, do get it proofread and do do spend the time on it to make a professional book, as professional as you can. Mm -hmm. But don't agonize over it. It's not gonna sell. <laughs> Right, it's, right. It's, okay. really, it's really not. Uh, just, just get it out there. And here's the beauty of self-publishing. When you publish your third or fourth book, you can go back and fix your first one. You can fix it and then republish it. And there you go. You know, you're all set. So that, that's advice I give. Good advice. Thank you. Um, I'm sure a lot of people definitely did not already know this. So I am hoping that everyone is tuned in right now via live stream or those that are in the chat room. Hi to those that are tuned in via the chat room. Of course, I'm chatting in there. So check out some of the information shared. And for those that's, that are joining us via live stream, you are so very welcome to be a part of this um, exceptional broadcast tonight. We have an exceptional special guest and feature artist, Richard G. Lowe Jr., who is best known as the Writing King. He's providing a lot of good resource information. Feel free to call in. And I want to make sure everyone is aware of what number to call. And I'm going to provide that number. Um, it's very important for those of us that would like to join in the discussion to know this is the show's ID number. Do not forget it. This is very important. One three three 
193. I repeat, 133-193. Please make a note of that because this information is very, very significant. And we want you to know how that you can access um, the book coaching service that is accessible to you via the internet. And of course, uh, Richard G. Lowe Jr. is that coach. He will be able to walk you step-by-step through your process because it's a unique journey for all of us as writers. We're not all alike, nor is our journey the same, but he will take you um, on that path that you need to go. And he is the consummate book coach. So if you have not yet uh, been linked up with him, you need to. And I'm going to have him share that information with you right now on how you can access that link so that you can start on your journey and on your way to becoming a published author and do so successfully. And he will be providing more um, later on as this broadcast continues, but I'm gonna have him provide the information that's available to you now. And then we'll take a short, maybe three minute break. Okay, Richard, the mic is in your hands. Well, to contact me, you go to my website, uh, thewritingking.com. So it's spelled out, thewritingking.com with no spaces or anything. Slash contact, C-O-N-T-A-C-T. Um, and that'll bring you straight to the contact form. If you don't want to do that, just go to thewritingking.com. And there's a little button on the right. It's the third button down on the left, excuse me. And you just click it and it goes to the contact form. Just fill it out. Put in your name, phone number, and email and stuff, and um, we'll we'll start talk. I'll call you back, or email you back, and we'll set up a time to talk. I have a free consultation, um, and then we the first you know 30 minutes, probably usually it'll take about 30 minutes to an hour at the most. We'll talk about what you need, we'll talk about rates, we'll talk about um, everything and how it works, and then you sign up for the service or not at that point. It's so it's straightforward. There's, there's no no, um, it's a free consultation. There's no, you don't, it doesn't cost you anything for that, and there's no obligation. So that's all there is to that. It's very simple. And if you don't want to go to the forum, you can always write uh, rich, R-I-C-H, at thewritingking.com, and that'll get to me also. Excellent, excellent. Well, at this time, we're going to take a short break, and then we'll be back to continue or to resume the exclusive interview hour and this special special interview uh tonight with the writing king mr richard g low jr we'll be back
Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes our break. And at this time, we are returning back to the show's platform so that we can continue the exclusive interview hour with our special guest and honorary writing expert on the panel of the Exceptional Scribble Show. And I'm referring to none other than Mr. Richard G. Lowe Jr otherwise known as the writing king. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have any questions pertaining to writing, publishing, becoming 
a published author or just becoming a well-rounded writer as a professional writer or creative mind artist who is a literary artist and writer, feel free to call in and ask your questions. And I do want to acknowledge we have some callers on the line. I want to welcome our caller uh, 215-548. Welcome. Welcome, oh, oh, well, you're welcome. <laughs> yes, we have, it's the, um, he is the CEO of DSR Fire Inc. Yes, he is a member of the literary artist community. He is a published author of an amazing book entitled Awaken the Poet. And I'm so glad that you called in because our special guest on tonight is best known as the writing king. He is the number one. I refer to him as so because he has that credential. He has the credentials. He is like the number one consultant for any and every writer out there who just wants to be the best that they can be. Um, especially for anyone that has questions about publishing, authorship, how to market your book, things like that. He is the one to talk to if you really want to promote your writing skills to the next level. And if you desire to learn more about how to monetize your writing, he is the one to consult with. So might you have a question for our special guest tonight, Mr. King? Well, first, it's been a while, he's poet. It's yeah. good to be back. I've been out of the uh I've been out of the radio scene for a while. Actually I took a break from radio. Oh, okay. Wow. And, well, uh, yeah, I just came back like a week or so ago. Welcome back. And uh hey, thank you. And yeah, as far as questions for the uh, the writing king, your feature, I mm -hmm. mean what can he tell me about monetizing uh, my writing far as, I don't know, uh, writing jobs that are, that are out there? I mean, uh, mm -hmm. what can he tell me about? Well, uh, that's an interesting question. And the most important thing to do is promote yourself, promote your brand. So you need to, the first thing you need to do is figure out what you're selling, obviously. Um, what your brand is, and then the second thing you need to do is figure out who you're selling it to. And that needs to be very precise. Um, are you selling like um, you know to auto parts stores um, in Midtown LA or something? Very the more precise you make it, the easier it is going to be to promote them because you can't promote to everybody. You don't have the money, and not everybody cares. True. You need to find somebody to promote yeah. to. Hmm. That's, I like that. That's very critical. Then you start building a platform. Um, I use LinkedIn a lot, so you build, build a LinkedIn page. You find blogs that are related to you. You create your own blog, and you just start creating a presence online. You can do all of this for free. You can hire people to do it. I can do some. There's other people who can do other things. And you start building a presence, and you start promoting. Um, uh, what was his name? Barnum. Barnum and Bailey Circus said, basically, uh, without promotion, nothing happens. I'm paraphrasing dramatically, but if you don't promote, you don't 
if you don't promote, you don't get any sales. So that's what 99% of the authors have trouble with is they have to build their name, not their books, their name. Right. Um, who are they and why do I want to buy a book from you? Are you gonna, am I going to trust you as an author? Am I going to trust that if I spend my $12.99 on your book that it's going to do what you promised it's going to do? And that, that's, the, that's the, um, the challenge. And that, that's basically how you monetize a book that you've written. Now, the other thing you can do is use the book to monetize you. Now, when people hire my ghostwriting services, they're not looking to sell the book on Amazon, although they do. They're looking to use the book to sell them. Mm. They use it to get speaking engagements, to speak to the media, to, get, to open doors for peop, to people because they're an author now. And an author is, is looked up to in the society. So for my ghostwriting services, we're going for an entirely different uh, thing. We're not going for the, um, the selling the book because my ghostwriting services aren't cheap. And you're, you're not going to make back what you pay me unless it happens to become a bestseller. But that's not the point. They don't care because they're not doing it to sell the book. They're doing it to sell them. Mm-hmm. Two, different, two different things. If that makes any sense. Right. It does um, make sense, man. I want to thank you for the information. Cool. Yeah, I just want to share a little information about uh, this particular writer uh, with you. Uh, Richard, uh, Kane Spade, he has an awesome book out, which is available on Amazon. It's entitled Awaken the Poet. The graphic design on the front cover is 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 really good. I mean, he did a fine job himself. Uh, he does that as well on the side as a writer. And I think what he's saying is he has all this artist, artistic creative ability, but He's not really seen the profit yet. He hasn't yielded that profit that he knows his skill set and his artistic ability is worth. And I guess he's trying to figure out how can I best promote myself? I'm an author. I have a radio show. I'm a producer of all these other poet talent artists that I have on my show that do a variety of programs. So how can I uh, best promote all of this and, and do it successfully in such a way that I'm, I'm acquiring a profit monthly that if I wanted to give up my day job, I would make enough where I could do that. So I guess that's probably the question, the underlying question that he didn't ask directly. Of course. Um, what I do, what you would do there is we would have a conversation, so we'd have a free consultation. Um, what I can work on is, is several things to help you. I can, I'm an expert at LinkedIn profiles. I've done over 300 of them. I could help you with your Facebook business page and stuff like that and get you set up that way. I have connections with a very good social media person who could do any kind of social media outreach program that you might need. And I also have connections to SEO people, search engine optimization who could help you um, make your website known. And I also, uh, I just started offering the service. I now do websites. So if you needed a small website, I can uh, help you with that. But all those things are needed to get you out there. 
Mm-hmm. Right, right. Honest with you, I already, uh, I already created my own website before. I do have knowledge in that, and okay. uh, it was like, it was like one or two years ago. No, it had to be a year ago. I created my own website. I did my own graphic design. I did my own promotions, advertisements for it. So I'm knowledgeable about my own websites. I mean, I wouldn't have any use in the department for that. But everything else sounded good. My my next question would be like uh, of writing. That's my true interest. You know, far as like ghost writing, and uh, I wanted to ask you: Did you ever write? for any magazines, like write any articles and get paid for that said job? I have not written articles for magazines. Uh, that's really not my interest. I typically write books and blog articles and social media. Um, the reason why I don't tend to write articles for magazines okay. is usually you get paid like six months later. And as a freelancer, that doesn't really work well because <laughs> uh-huh. uh, you've got to build up that stream of money coming in. and, and as a consultant, I typically get paid right away. So it it's simply a matter of economics for me. Mm. Right. So what do you what do you consider the most profitable part of writing in your field? Oh, ghostwriting is by far the most popular um, profitable part, simply because it's. Um, somebody comes to me and they want to write a whole book. That's going to take a couple of months at least. And there, there's a large sum of money associated with that. Um, it's not huge, but it's, it's, you know, I do a dozen of those a year, and I've made six figures in a year. So that's, um, that's what I try and do a lot of. That's, I like writing books anyway, but that's the most profitable one. Blogging is probably the least profitable one, because, and I don't typically do many blogs anymore because it's become a commodity. And people want to pay 20 bucks or even 10 bucks for a blog, and it's just not worth the time, especially when they start getting in revisions. So I tend to avoid doing blogs. Um, LinkedIn profiles have been pretty good. I do a lot of those because um, it's fixed and it's stable. And I know what I'm getting into. I've done it many times. So, mm. and, um, and I also do training, right. training packages for writing, to teach you how to write. I've got one that teaches you how to write science fiction, one that teaches you how to write fantasy. They're little packages. They run for like 25 bucks each or something. And I've been doing a lot of those because they sell those on the affiliate side of things, and they, they sell pretty good. And the cool thing about affiliate marketing is there's really no limit. you just got to sell a lot of them. And it really depends on how big of a list you got. Hopefully that all made sense. Decent. Decent. Yeah. Yes, it does make sense. You're definitely teaching me something there. Uh, I wanted to, uh, I want to ask you something else. Uh, and I think that's it. The ghostwriting is one of my main interests because I know somebody who does it, and he's a comedian, and I'm connected to him uh-huh. on Facebook. His name is. Uh, David Mott. Yeah, he does ghostwriting, and I had him on the phone uh, maybe a couple of months ago. He was telling me about it. He's, he told me he got paid for it, 
and he was making some nice money from it. And I'm thinking, well, if I can get in the ghost spray myself, I wouldn't mind getting paid for my work as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the hard part about ghostwriting is finding clients. Finding clients, it's the hard part of any business, really, is finding clients who are willing to um, pay enough money to make it worth the time. Um, but they're findable. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they it. That's how I make my living. Right, right. What can you tell me about these uh, these job websites, though? They actually have websites you go on, and one of them, they had a client list, but you had to pay a fee to be uh. on this, uh, to get on this list, find clients and whatnot. And I didn't like it. I thought it was, you know, I thought it was fraud. I thought it was some kind uh-huh. of, you know, some kind of scheme or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, scam. Yeah, most, I can't find. Yeah, I thought it was a scam, you know. Because I mean, most jobs. Limited. If you want a job, why you have to pay to get a job? Mm-hmm. They have limited mm-hmm. value, if any. And they they borderline scams. Um, well, you've got all the job boards. You've got Contently and Elance and stuff. You can always put out things there, but they tend to go to the lowest bidder. So you'll find yourself writing a book for literally hundreds of dollars, which simply isn't worth the time. Um, to even talk to them, um, but the bit, the thing you got to do is build a network and start talking to people and start finding build a network with your clients. So, what kind of books you want to ghostwrite? You want to ghostwrite science fiction. So then you got to go talk to people who want to sell, who want to write science fiction, but don't have the time. Um, whatever you, you, so that's that's your market. You have to find your market, and then go talk to them. Right, right. Well, you just said my market, man. You just said science fiction. I, I do have an interest in that. Yeah, because I do have a book that's been on the back burner, and I actually, I'm in the process of rewriting it because I wrote it too short. I don't, I don't even know how I wrote it like the way I wrote it, man. It's kind of funny in a way. You know, uh, I mean, once you read it, it sounds like a full story, but it's only 20 pages. And I'm thinking, you know, a book has to be more than 20 pages. My first book is more than 20 pages, over 100 pages. I'm thinking, how the hell did I get to only 20 on this one? <laughs> uh, but, okay. Yes. Yes. You know, I got to go back and I got to revise everything I wrote. So you would be a prime candidate for the book coaching service because I I I don't know I'm just going by what I've heard would would that be the case Rich? Yeah, uh, if if you're still mm-hmm. struggling for for what you want to write and how you want to write it and how to meet the market and things, uh, we could do a book coaching agreement. Um, you can schedule a consultation and we can talk about it. And proceed from there. Hmm. I was interested. I have to connect with you on Facebook, man. Mm-hmm. So, what I'll do with Kane, I'm going to inbox you Rich's uh, web link and also the email that you would need 
to get you started with um, that process. Okay, so check in with Messenger and you'll find it in your box directly. I'm doing it right uh, thank now. Thank you. You are welcome. I appreciate it. Did you have any other, any further questions for Rich before I take the next caller? No, that's it for me. Okay, and, uh, hold I, on. I've got about, I've got about um, 10 more minutes, by, by the way. Okay. We have a caller, and I do see our co-host, and I'm not ignoring you, co-host, but we have another caller, 215-908. Welcome. Oh, good evening, everyone. Uh, this is Sandra Wilkes calling in. Hello, Sandra. Welcome. Thank you so much. I've been speaking about this wonderful guest you have <laughs> quite a bit. I don't, I've missed. Uh, the beginning because I'm just coming from a funeral, so I do apologize. But oh, no. no need, no worries. We're just honored that you're on. Um, I do see uh, my co host, Warrior's Queen Zapora Thelman, is on. I'm going to go to her next. But Sandra, um, I'm glad you're on because I just made mention to. Uh, Rich, that you were um, you were interested in uh, booking him so that there can be something established within the Yaden Public Branch Library by way of um, the internet or Skype, where we can have an actual uh, conference, writing conference, and have him as the keynote speaker by way of the, um, like a webinar and people oh. ask him questions, things like that. He is open to that because at this time he's doing, he's not doing the traveling um, physically, but he is using uh, the access of the online, um, you know, cyberspace to do the uh, conferencing by way of the web. So in the event that you, you know, need to connect with him and would like to set that up with the um, public, uh, Yaden, uh, Pennsylvania Public Branch Library, he is open to that. So we did touch bases on that before the show. And I reminded him that you had that interest and that you'd be reaching out to him. He did uh, request your contact. So I'm going to make sure he gets that. And I'll make sure in turn you have his as well. I think the channel, our channels did not cross properly. I think I meant to send it to you in the past and thought that I had, but I didn't. So I'm going to make sure tonight that that's done on both ends. Okay, yeah. That would be fine. And uh, I would like to speak to you really. Uh, you can give me a call. It would be fine because... There were several people, give me a day or two, maybe that Thursday, um, I can share some names of authors already that may be interested in speaking to you just as well. Okay. And also, I, I can, I would call the library for the director and see mm. when his availability would be and see if you can connect and give him your information just as well. 
and maybe that webinar could be done. Maybe that's possible. Anything is possible. Right? Yes. <laughs> I love that. I and love that. Yes. I mean, I just, that's the way I live. <laughs> Anything is mm-hmm. possible and out of, and out of the box. And, 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 uh, Mr. Lowe, I have been talking about you for the last month. <laughs> well, thank you. And do I have it right if I'm saying 63 books? I have published 63 books under my name and about 20 more under pseudonyms. That's what I've been relating to people. So I, that's exactly what I've been saying. <laughs> I said, you, need to, you need to speak to this gentleman. Yes. So I did have it right. I have nothing in front of me, but I remember that 63 and also mm. I remember the ghostwriting, correct? Correct. I'm a ghostwriter primarily. That's what I, see, I did have their story right. Huh? You do. You do. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm pretty excited. And I was getting other people excited. And that's what awesome. I'm supposed to do. <laughs> yes. Awesome. So thank you so much for the time that you gave me. And I'm so sorry I missed, but I can always go back and listen to what you said. And I do, I do understand that. Yes, and I'm sure you'll be getting my contact information in your email soon. Yes. Okay, that'll be tonight fine. Is the night. Thank you. Tonight is definitely the night. I'm going to make sure you both have each other's contact, and I will handle that as promptly as I can tonight. <laughs> this is the night. Yes, indeed. Thank you so very much. You are so welcome. Thank you for calling in and for sharing, Miss Sandra P. Wilkes. Um, I do want to welcome uh, co-host Warris Queen to Port Thelman. She may have some questions for uh, Richard, and I want to ensure that she has the opportunity to ask him. Uh, I want to thank uh, Kane Spade for calling in and asking lots of good questions. And this is a night where any writer who needs to know the factual information that's going to prove beneficial in their long-term goal uh, pursuits to being whatever their long-term goal is as a writer. This is the night to call in to ask your questions. Don't feel shy. Don't feel, I don't know that I should be asking all these questions. I don't want to take up a lot of time. If you're tuned in, here's the number. It's area code 867-292-3066. I repeat, area code 867-292-3066. And the show's ID number is 133-193. Okay? And don't forget, listen to the voice prompt, and you should have no problem calling in and connecting with tonight's broadcast. I do want to acknowledge Donaldson, uh, the Quantious MC. He has joined us via the chat room. We're sending out positive energy and um, a big shout out his way. We want him to know that we're glad that he's tuning in. And if he has any questions for the Writing King, uh, feel free to call in. If not, you can type and I can dictate or relay the question. And this is the number again, area code 
292-3066. I repeat, area code 867-292-3066. All right, Warriors Queen, Sephora Thelman, do you have any questions? And I do want to make sure that Kane uh, Spade is able to share some poetry so Richard can kind of get a better, uh, I guess, to become better acquainted with the writings uh, of Cain. And then, you know, because they will be consulting, of course, off the air. All right. Warriors? All right. Thank you, Sage, the Page Poet. And how are you, Mr. Lowe? Oh, you're welcome. All My right. pleasure. All right. Uh, thank you, yes. And uh, how are you tonight? I'm doing fantastic, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine also. Uh, the question I have is I heard you say that you have published 63 books, you know, under your real name and under a pen name. Uh, so the books that you publish, have you traditionally published them or? No, all of them were self-published. Oh, all of them self-published. All right. And uh, I want to comment on Kane Spade when he had talked about the cover design, you know, for his book of poetry, and it's a connection to what I'm going to be reading tonight in an article regarding that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, Warrior is Queens of Port and this is just as a help to you, because I know uh, pretty much your situation. You have a uh, series which you have completed as for manuscript, and you're finalizing it right now. But you've been having a lot of um, challenges in regards to finding the the right publisher. Might you have a need for as as for a book coach to assist in that process or how would i best formulate her need richard because she's already she already has this series it's a book series and it's it's completed for the most part she's just now in search of the right publisher and the genre is urban fantasy. So how might you be able to assist her in her dilemma? Well, I've actually never um, gone to a traditional publisher. So um, I'd be learning at oh, okay. the same time you are. Uh, my understanding is, is you write a proposal and you send it in to um, mm -hmm. an agent, reviews it, and then the proposal once the agent is fine with it, would go to the pub to various publishers and get shopped around. Those writing those proposals can be a hefty project. Um, the ghostwriters that I know charge about ten to fifteen thousand dollars to write a book proposal. Um, I've never written one of those. Um, they because there's a lot of research involved in the market and prove you basically got to prove that the book publisher is going to sell probably fifty thousand copies of the book. Um, and what the market is and what your social platform looks like and things like that. Uh, that is, unless you have an end, unless you know somebody in the book publishing industry who can help you. But uh, that's not something that I've pursued. I don't like, I'm not thrilled with the traditional publishing route because it takes a long time. I, I like getting it, like doing the book and getting it up. 
and then going on to the next one. And traditional can take a year. I got a, one of my clients that went traditional, and he's it, he finished. We finished the book in February, and it's not even through the publisher yet. I mean, it's to the publisher, but they haven't finished proofreading and editing and stuff like that. So that's my thoughts on that. Mm. All right. Thank you for your viewpoints. Yeah, I wish I could be more help, but it's really not something I've pursued. Mm -hmm. So I just have a question. Um, in reference to Rich, because I know I've heard it said tonight already by a published author, and that would be Kane Spade. He said that there's a lot of sites online, and they are offering um, to writers the potential possibility of a writer's um, a writing a writer for hire paid opportunity. However, you have to pay upfront to be on a list as a client. Well, yeah, ghostwriters always get paid upfront. That's, that's but I think I, I think you're more so like these what you would call temporary uh, jobs or temporary assignments where maybe a company needs a copy editor or they need uh, someone who can write to work on a writing project that's only going to last in, in its duration for maybe a six-month period project. Well, freelance. That's yeah, I like do. more of a, yeah. So do you have recommendations for him? Like he's come into contact online with these different online sites that offer various jobs, but they want you to pay a certain fee to become privy to these uh, sources as for potential job opportunities as a writer. You want to, you're looking for job opportunities as a writer? Is that what you're saying? Or are you looking for to find writers to do work for you? Oh, job opportunities for writers. He's looking to be freelance, I guess. Um, where he can be hired to do writing jobs and it would be paid, you know, paid opportunities for him. Well, there's a number of ways to go about that. You can find a job shop, um, which, which was kind of what you're talking about. Um, you would never, ever pay them for that possibility. They pay you. So basically the way those should work is, let's say you charge $100 an hour just to make it easy, they would take 20% of that to, ref to refer you to customers. There's no upfront charges at all. If you get an upfront charge, you're getting scammed. So just don't do that. Um, and you can put up your shingle on Contently, on um, ReadSea, on all the other various websites. Those do not, those tend to just shop out to customers who need work. And then you go out and you, you, find, you look through the list and you find, oh, this guy wants um, a paper written for, and he's offering 100 bucks. And this guy wants a blog and he's offering 20 bucks. And you decide if you want to do it or not. And then you put in a bid and then you get it or you don't get it. Um, mm -hmm. that's, that's what a lot of people do to build a portfolio. Uh, they don't pay well, but, <laughs> but if, while you're building that portfolio, that's great. And then, of course, you 
contact bloggers and things once you have a portfolio and a presence and you start asking them if they need need something and you you kind of network you can go to the local network groups and things and like BNI and meet people who need writing um, you could also do um, articles for magazines and stuff that's a hard market to get into there's a lot of competition until you have a name one of the reasons why I haven't pursued that it, first of all it's a hard market and second of all you tend to get paid after publication which can be months of that, months down the road mm-hmm. and uh, that can be difficult when you're trying to pay the rent <laughs> and um, yeah so that's what I got on that yeah I and I want to say having the background of having done freelance writing for a couple of papers that were local papers as well as online magazines that it is uh, a wait period. I've never had to wait months. I did have to wait up to maybe three weeks to a month to get paid. And they started me off, it was at first like maybe $30 per article that I would write. And then it gradually increased to $50 per article. But when you consider um, that's some money that you're making on the side and it's um, you know, as an independent contractor, then you open your eyes and realize, hey, I should be writing for several entities, not just one. And that's what I liked about it. It made me a little more assertive in terms of really pushing and driving uh, my skill set out there in terms of professional writing and just knocking on doors. And I just started finding myself just going up to people randomly that had maybe their own to help them with online. That's another thing to look into. And because you are a graphic designer, Kane, there's a lot of businesses that maybe they need a writer who also has graphic design skills to assist them in ad posts that they want to put online, which are like advertisements. Of their business. Well, your your most your most lucrative form of writing besides ghostwriting is going to be copywriting, and there are some classes with copywriting that you can find on the web. If you can learn to be a copywriter, you can pretty much um, get whatever fee you want. Copywriters write advertising copy for websites, there you go. things like that, and a good copywriter can command um, two hundred to five hundred dollars an hour. So that's a good one. Yeah, like, that would be good for that. him. For sure, that would be good for a game. Yeah, so um, copywriting, if, if ghostwriting is kind of hard to get into because you have to find the clients. If you want to mm-hmm. make a, a living, um, ju- uh, jump into copywriting. Um, I, I wouldn't recommend, I mean, when you're talking 30 bucks for an article and you can that that article took you, what, four to six hours to write minimum? I know, I was going to say that all the time that you put into it it's not like wait, you're really seeing your yield of profit as for your time. work yeah it I, really, I wouldn't even i wouldn't even go there you know once you take taxes off and stuff you're talking like two three bucks an hour and it, it ain't worth it go to mcdonald's and make more than that <laughs> so um but i will say i didn't i didn't have to like i got my amount they didn't take anything off the top they told me right up front it was in writing. You're going to get 35 for that article. You're going to get sure. uh, 50 for this article. 
But what I did like about it was I didn't stop at just one. Like I went from one newspaper to knocked on another door, then online um, went for a magazine. Then they started coming after me after that. Because then your name, you know what I'm saying? You build a buzz. Yeah, you build a buzz in that circuit. And so when their staff writers are away, I started getting calls. Oh, we're going to have this celebrity in town. They're doing a red carpet at the Ritz-Carlton. Can you come? Can you uh, cover this event? So it did pay off because I wasn't complacent. So you want to keep knocking on a lot of doors and not just stop at one and say, okay, I write for such and such. No, just move around a lot and then put your ad Put your information out there on Craigslist, on all of the online uh, sites where you know people are seeking and looking for writers. So yeah, you gotta do your, you gotta do it. You gotta do hustle. You gotta hustle. For sure, you gotta hustle. Well, okay. Yep. Okay. Any more questions for Richard? Anyone? Because it's now nine thirteen. I heard someone who was, I'm sorry. Yes, hello. I do. I heard two voices. I'm going to start with, was that Kane respond? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you clear. Was there something you wanted to say to Rich before he leaves? I wanted to say thanks for all the information that y'all put out there. I'm taking notes, and I'm definitely going to check out everything that was said from the copywriting to the job shop and other possible things to check out in writing. Yeah, because I didn't know I was unmuted. (laughs) Oh, okay. 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 We're um one more thing, Kane, write this down. Uh media bistro or media bistro.com. Uh and that's media M-E-D-I-A Bistro or Bistro B-I-S-T-R-O dot com. That is another source. Uh you can set up a free account there. Um, share information about your writing experience. And you will find that you will be contacted in regards to gigs or available jobs, some temporary, some long term. And that's for writers, yes. Yeah, I wrote it down. Yep. I did look there as well, and that's how I got connected with CTG magazine which was a woman's magazine and they needed a writer who could write on a variety of things such as um health beauty uh entertainment fashion so (laughs) you will get contacted for sure right but i don't know about those subjects but (laughs) oh no it was just me because i guess it was how i how i presented my portfolio (laughs) So, yeah. And your book, I mean, hey, um, do you have a LinkedIn? Do you have a LinkedIn uh, profile page yet? Yes, I got LinkedIn. 
Um, definitely consult with Richard. I just inboxed you Richard's contact information. He can help you with the actual best format um, as for professional business. If you want to attract uh, clients, there's a certain way we should market our profile page on LinkedIn. He can assist you with that as well as the book coaching piece. So definitely consult with him. I did inbox you his contacts and um, he's the best. He's definitely the best for coaching for writers. Yep. All right, most definitely. And for anyone that's interested, uh, you need a payment plan that's reasonable for you. You need to consult with Richard um, he's available. You can go to www.richardlow.tel, and he does have an email for contacts for booking him. For those of you who would like to book him for events, uh, he can join by way of webinar, um, whatever you have going on, whether it's a writer's conference, even if it's a um, book club and you'd like to have him by way of virtual reality or cyber uh, space via the internet, you need to communicate with him. His email is rich, R-I-C-H, at thewritingking.com. I repeat, rich at thewritingking.com. And I will provide this link, everyone, it will be available to you. Uh, as early as tomorrow, and that, of course, has all the information that you missed. For some of you who had to call into the show after we were already launched and live via live stream. So I don't want anyone to miss out. He provided so much good resource information. And don't forget, every third Tuesday, every third Tuesday from 8 p.m. till 9 p.m., Tune in to the Exceptional Scribble Show, the exclusive interview hour from 8 till 9. We will have in the spotlight the writing expert, best known as the writing king, published author, best-selling author. So many credits can be mentioned that go alongside his name, Richard G. Lowe Jr. And thank you again, Richard, for being of our show's panel, and we are so honored to have you. And if anyone would like to consult with Richard, again, I'm gonna have him this time to share the best contacts for you to consult with him. Okay, well, as you said, rich at thewritingking.com is a great way to get hold of me. And also you can go to thewritingking.com, all spelled out, thewritingking.com on the web and uh, third button down on the left is a contact form. Click that, fill it in and send it to me and I'll get back to you. Simple as that. Awesome, awesome. I Thank you so much. And someone, me. I'm sorry, Sandra? Excuse me. I was the second person on when the other person came on and I did have one quick question to ask. Should I hold that? No, That's you fine. can ask that. Hold that. Okay, since you said spoke about the ghost writing, and you have done that, what was the storyline, or is that 
fiction or non? Is it both or any special subjects that you had specializing in the ghost writing? So who are the people that wanted that done? Well, I can't name the people that ghost writing tends to be confidential. Oh, no, no, I don't but... oh no, 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 not their name, but to say is it nonfiction, is it fiction, or is it self-help, or what What kind of storylines are the, what people, not the person's name, but most people, like sure. if they experience something, if a person has experienced something and they want to make awareness for other people, the community, et cetera, and is that a, a story that can be written as as a ghost for a ghost writer to write for that person? Well, of course, of course. That's that's what I, I tend to do. Um, books and just I I can write almost anything. I've written. Uh, I've got one guy I'm doing a science fiction book for. I do business books. I've written a book for a cleaning supply company. I'm doing a dentistry book, all the way up to high technology, you know, artificial intelligence and things like that. Um, and I've done an autobiography, or excuse me, a biography of a of a um, Afghan politician, uh, which was very interesting. And, uh, you know, the, the, the thing to do is to contact me and we have a conversation and then I'll let you know if I feel I can be helpful or not. I'm not, I don't want to get into a project that I can't help you with, but I certainly would want to hear what you have to see if I can. And if I can't, then I'll, I'll give you a reference to somebody who can. I know a lot of ghostwriters and we give references to each other when we can't do the work. Great. Thank you. And you answered that question great because you gave me just what I wanted to answer. I wanted to hear, you know, because it's a variety of things. You just don't know what somebody's going to need, but you refer someone else to someone when you can't, uh, if you were not the expert in writing that. I appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. My pleasure. So that's one for me. I just and I will contact you. You know, I can do that. Okay. Give me, give, um, send me something on the contact form, or I'm sure she'll send you the phone number. You can call me up, and we can talk. Okay, that'll be fine. Thank you. Okay. Okay, excellent. I will definitely do that. So I'll personally and directly provide that number for Sandra. Thank you again, Richard, for your time. You're welcome. You're and the wealth of information, always, you're always so resourceful. And we appreciate that on this panel. My pleasure. My pleasure. Okay. So, Rich, right. um, in closing, is there any final remarks or, or uh, thoughts that you would like to share with everyone before we transition the program to the free publishing tips hour? I'll, I'll talk to you all in a, in a month, uh, third week in next month. Third Tuesday in next month. Okay. So have your questions ready and That's I'll be right. them. Yes, indeed. Okay. Excellent. Thank well, thanks again, Rich. And we're we'll be ready next month on that third Tuesday. Because I'm sure everyone tonight, um, you gave us a lot of information, but also it provoked a lot of thoughts. So I'm sure there's gonna be even more questions and more callers next month on that third Tuesday, and to be specific, I'm gonna give the exact date for everyone that's tuned in. On next month, which is November, and that third Tuesday, which is November the 20th, at 8 p.m., we will have the Writing King, otherwise best known as um, 
the writing king, and we refer to him by his full name as well, Mr. Richard G. Lowe Jr. He will be back. Again, that date is Tuesday, November the 20th, and that is the third Tuesday in the month of November. And we'll be starting promptly at 8 p.m. Richard G. Lowe Jr., best known as the Writing King, will be back to answer those questions because we know you're going to have them. And also for those that need book coaching, a lot of us do because we have book ideas, but they're not fully developed yet. Richard can do this by way of Yes, the internet. By way of the web. Yes, the internet. He can coach you. Basically, what that is, is he's literally taking you along that path of what you need to do step by step. It's like he's holding you by the hand and you're able to do this online first by way of the internet. So don't miss out on that privilege and opportunity. And just know this, he's fair. So the fees associated with his services, they are complimentary. They're affordable. They're reasonable and it's worth it. It's a wise investment. So don't delay the inevitable. You know you need to get published. You know you have a manuscript that's not yet fully developed. You know you have these needs as for writing. Who is best for you to consult with? And the writing king himself. Don't neglect that opportunity. You can visit online www.thewritingking.com. There's a form that you're able to fill out and he will reply in, in response and you can get started with the process of having your writing needs fulfilled today. The email that's best would be rich at thewritingking.com. I repeat, rich, R-I-C-H, at thewritingking.com. Feel free to email him and let's get it started. Some of you need to have a webinar set up, whether it's in your business or library or what have you. He's available to do that. He can do the conference via the web. Okay, he can do a webinar. You just need to consult with him. He's available. Rich yep. at writingking.com, ladies and gentlemen. And don't delay. This is something you need to get started on doing as soon as now. Okay, so let's get it done. <laughs> thank you again, Rich. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Our pleasure. See you later. Bye. Talk to you next right. month. Yes, yes indeed. November 20th, and we'll be there, and we're looking forward to it. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes that hour, the exclusive interview hour. Again, it was another exceptional broadcast. We had with us the writing king, Richard G. Lowe Jr., and yes, we talked about it. We, we covered a lot of territory on today, and it was all good. And for those that missed out during the first half hour, the archive link will be posted. I will share it online online via Facebook and also some um, exclusive pages on social media. Uh, uh, there's the early bird page. There's a lot of different pages. The um, family 
Poetry Collective page. There's the We Write and Read Well page for authors. There are so many different social media pages where writers um, all congregate and they share a lot of good resource information. So look for me to post what um, tonight's broadcast is, and this will be episode 232 of the Exceptional Scribble Show. So at this time, we're transitioning. It is now what we refer to as the Free Publishing Tips Hour, and I have the co-host, which is Warrioress. Queen Zipporah Thelman in the spotlight, and she's going to share a lot of good resource information. She is the librarian on the show. She also provides us with a suggested reading list as well, and um, a lot of other goodies she shares with us because she wants us to be proficient in terms of our literacy enrichment. So she provides a lot of good text and resources to help us to become better, um, better acclimated, better, um, I guess you could say, pro better prepared to do justice in regards to our literary art and our authorship. Because the better prepared we are, the better the product will be that we produce. So thank you so much, Warriors, and the mic is now in your hands. And anyone that's on the call, feel free to chime in if you have any questions while information is being shared or just, just some responses and remarks, comments, feel free to give them as well. Thank you. Warriors. All right. Thank you, Page the Page Poet. You're welcome. I, I will now start. All right. I will now start the free publishing information hour, and I'm beginning with my writing advice and discoveries, which are the following two pieces. Number one, research plus imagination equals stories. I will now take questions and comments for the first piece. And could you repeat that statement one more time? Because I, I, it, it sounded a little muffled. It wasn't you, but I believe there was a little technical glitch. And I want to make sure everyone heard you and what you said clearly. And thank you for restating it. Sure. Research plus imagination equals stories. Mm. Research plus imagination equals stories. Um, that's a profound statement on many levels because I know personally that if I want to write a novel, and it's gonna be fiction. I'm gonna incorporate elements of truth. So that's gonna require research. And then I'm gonna incorporate imagination. So I'm gonna allow my mind to wander 
and be free. So there's going to be some freedom of thought, some creativity expressed in that authorship when it's a fiction novel that's going to sensationalize whatever the truth is. So I'm going to embellish. I'm going to, it, it's going to be some exaggeration added there because you want to interest the audience by way of, okay, let me take them to a place that it's not a real place, but I'm sharing all of these details that are real with this imaginary place. And I'm, I'm saying it in such a way or describing it in such a way that I can convince you that it's a real place, but it's not a real place. Or this character is a real character in the world, though it's a fiction character. It's not a real person. So I'm going to take elements of truth. I'm going to take elements of what's not real or true. And but it's something that people might want or fathom to be real or true. But it's it's more fantasy, of course, than ever could be real or true. And add all of that together, mix it up. And then you have this very intriguing novel. It's a fiction novel. But it's a fiction novel that people dare to read because it, it it's exciting. It incites interest. So I like that, that you have this percentage of research and then you have this percentage of fantasy or imagination at play. And that's the ingredients. Those things are the ingredients of what makes a novel one that can become, as we heard Richard share, it can be a bestseller on Amazon. But it does have to have both. You have to do the research. You have to look into, okay, it has any other writer written about this particular subject? And how successful was their authorship if they did so? Or what things did they include or what things did they omit? Maybe there's something that they did omit, which I want to include. How can I tailor it in such a way that it's going to be alluring or attractive to a reader or a certain target audience of readers? So it's a lot to consider. So that's research involved. Because you got to read up. You got to read the stats. You got to do some reading up of reviews that were written about the book. And see what, what these reviews had to say. What did these people say when they wrote reviews on the book? Because usually reviews tell you how the reader how that reader was affected by what that author or writer wrote. And that lets you know, okay, this was successful because this particular audience or persons or person, this is how that story affected them. And this is how they, this is what they thought. 
after reading that. This is how the character, which was introduced in, in that novel, appealed to them. So, the, you know, you got to do your research. And then when you have that book release, the type of response that you're looking for, you're going to get it from somewhere. Sometimes it's not the target audience that you expect. So be prepared for surprises because maybe your tar target audience was a certain age group, but you find another age group found it more appealing. So you never know. It's like you're going to have some shockers. Some things are going to happen unexpected, some surprises, and you just prepare, expect the unexpected and look for success. If you prepare What's that saying? Those who are successful prepare to succeed. So if you don't prepare to succeed, don't expect success. And that's pretty much. It. So Warriors Queen, thanks for what you shared. That was that was really good. All right. Thank you, Sage the Page Poet. And the second and final piece of writing advice and discovery is passion is the energy that writes. Mm. And further elaborate on that, please. Thank you. Sure. When you have a passion for something, it's going to guide you to do it. Mm -hmm. So, for example, with writing, if you love you know, you love writing, then your pen and you are going to, you know, it's going to be that energy that's going to keep you driving and driving until it's, until it's complete. Mm -hmm. That's true. There's a difference between doing what you love or what your passion may be in comparison to doing something that you you do it because it's your duty. There's a difference between yes, the two. And I the energy, yeah, the energy yes. involved in you doing that thing varies from the one to the other. Because when you're passionate about what you're doing, it doesn't matter whether it's a rainy day or a sunny day. I'm passionate about what I do. I love what I do. Mm -hmm. It's going to come across. No matter what the weather conditions are like. But if I'm just doing something and it's more rote, you know, I'm doing it because it's the thing to do. Not that I'm passionate about what I'm doing. That's going to come across too. And it's not going to be that same energy like when you're passionate about doing it. So, yeah, there's a difference. There is a difference. And I think when you're a writer, um, the best literary works written are the ones when you write about what you are passionate about in life. Mm -hmm. Because it's heart and soul. It's heart and soul. Yeah. Your whole self, yeah, your whole self is involved. 
Yeah, and I yeah, I would like to add this Warriors Queens of Core. I want to add your spirit. Yes, and your spirit. That's right. Because it's your whole mm -hmm. state. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. So we want to keep that in mind. If you're if you have a choice in terms of what authorship you want to pursue, think as for the genre, think of what is it that you're passionate about. If you know you're the type of person you love nature, okay, and you're always hiking, you're always camping, you're always mountain climbing, you're always fishing, you're always boating. Um, you're always bike riding, hiker trailing. I mean, come on. What are you passionate about? That's a start. And sometimes doing a blog, doing a blog that's specific and it speaks to that truth, what you're passionate about. I love nature. I love um, taking nature walks. I love, you know, then your blog can speak to that and you're going to attract that audience. That becomes your target audience. So you're writing and you're getting responses from people of like interest. That's a good way to start building up a following. And once your blog has a certain following as for a large number, then you can branch off from there and say, oh, wow, I did so well with my blog. It's, it's been successful and I'm writing and blogging daily. So I think that my first novel is going to be about my passion, which I also have decided for my blogging to be about. So one thing can, as for writers, if you're a blog, if you start a blog first to build up a following and then after that you create a trailer where you're speaking about what your book will be all about and then you include that yes i do have a blog if you're interested in sharing some ideas and insights with me before my book is finished then please visit my blog page and share with me i will respond. I mean, that's a way of becoming uh, highly visible. You're, you're building up your visibility, which in turn will increase the interest of the general public because things that are highly visible get noticed in public. Things that have low visibility are ignored in public. So you do want to build up your visibility and as for building up your visibility, having a strong social media presence. And that requires consistency. That's the way to go. When people know you're there, you're there. They know you're there. You're always there. And it's a consistency with how often you're, uh, whatever it is you're doing, whether you have a blog page, whether you, um, have a live YouTube channel, whether you have an internet radio broadcast, whether you have um, something that you're doing in the community and it's consistent. 
meaning every so often, whether it's every Tuesday, whether it's every Sunday, weekly, whether something, if you can start off with a weekly event, if it's the radio, and you can build on to a blog that's like a daily blog, and then you build on to a monthly, some, some kind of event you do monthly, what you're doing is you're heightening visibility. And that's going to build up a buzz in terms of media. And once you build it up a buzz, that means people see and hear you. You're not invisible any longer. They're not going to ignore you because you have low visibility. They're going to pay attention because they're like, wow, you're doing stuff. Oh, wow. Another post, another post. Oh, gosh. You know, I'm interested. I want to know more about what this is that I'm seeing. That's what you need to do. And when you're doing that on a consistent basis, you're going to grow your fan base. And when you grow your fan base, now you have your following. And these are your faithful followers. And then you take it from there. One thing leads to another. Start, have your business cards, have your um, web page. That's another way to go. Uh, there's a lot of people that are, um, they have a web page. Especially when you're legitimate, you need to have a web page. And make sure that you have a business card along with that. Because some places you go, you don't have a lot of time to talk. Hand them your card. Or just give that web URL, that web link page. Tell them, go to such and such. All my information is there. And because this is that era, the digital era, they're going to pull out their phone right away and they're going to save that information. What did you say the link is? Again, click. They saved it into their phone. They're going to be there. They're going to like your page. The more likes you get, Google has the analytics already. Google will start featuring your information. So as soon as someone types half of your name, all of a sudden they're going to see all the stuff that you have on social media. It's going to just pop up all the links. So all your pages are just going to pop up. But that only happens when you're doing stuff. When you're moving, Google tracks. It's called Google Analytics. They track movement. That's why they're, that's another reason why they're con in control of GPS. <laughs> they track movement. So if you're moving a lot on social media, you're under their radar. You're in view. They see you. You're not in view. You're, in view. you're on the bullseye. Of, and they, they target that. And that's what they acknowledge. So if they're acknowledging it, Google Analytics acknowledges it, then anyone that Googles your name, they're going to start seeing it. They're going to say, wow, I Googled your name and all this stuff came up. I see that you have a book out. I see that you publish something. I see that you do this. I see that you, that's what you want people to notice. Why? Because when you're moving, that's breathing. That means you're, you're alive and you matter. 
in the eye of the public. If you're not moving, they don't see a shadow, they don't see a form, they don't see a figure, you don't exist. Low visibility, you're somewhere, but they don't see you, they don't know you. And then when you actually start doing things and then they're able to see a face and attach a face to a business or a face to an association or a face to certain events and activities or whatever you have, that's making a connection with your audience. And that's needed. And you can do that via blogging because you're starting to communicate with them. They're going to communicate back with you. There's a rapport that you establish then. So you're not just another whatever out there. Now you have made a connection with your audience and it becomes personable. So there's steps to take when you're building a following and building an audience and you're going the legitimate route. There's steps to take. It's not like you're buying hits on YouTube like I found out some celebrities, I don't wanna name any names, are doing. So it's not really that people are just going to their page. They're literally buying so many hits. So it looks like a lot of people are trafficking to their pages or seeing their videos, but they're not really doing it. Don't go route. Earn your weight or worth in gold and pounds of gold. <laughs> Earn it. Work it. <laughs> hustle. Put like what's the saying? Put the muscle with the hustle. That means actually do something. And if you're actually doing something the right way, you can't help but win. It's going to go in your favor. It may take a little time for you to get from A to Z, but you're doing it. And becoming it the legitimate way, that's what people are going to respect. When they see you up on the top of that mountain called success or ladder called success, they're going to say, wow, I remember when that person was here, I saw the path. They took, I saw their efforts made. They put in the time, they put in the work, and they made it from one phase or step to the next, and they never stopped. They didn't quit. And that's the key. It's not that you're not going to encounter hardship or challenges. Or yes, opposition, because you're always going to have haters and naysayers. Always know this. Haters and naysayers come a dime a dozen. They're out there. They're always going to be. But you don't let that become your roadblock that detours you on your path to success. You keep moving on and you keep pushing ahead and you reach your goals. So you look at what goes on in your life and you start making assessments and you start saying, hmm, I see that every time I move in this direction, that happens, that's good. So I'm gonna keep moving in this direction. I see that when I moved in that direction, I lost ground and I ended up going backwards instead of forward. So I'm gonna 
I'm going to neglect doing that because it's not the way for me to take. Maybe it works for them, but it's not working for me. So you got to start making those assessments on your path and realize there's a formula. There is truly a formula for success. That is not a myth. And when you find out what works for you, that's your formula. It varies from person to person. And if you're on the road, if you're on course, don't let anything deter you. Look at things in the correct way. It's either for or against you. If it's not pushing you further ahead, it's pushing you further behind. So you need to make the necessary changes. And it's something we must do for ourselves. Making an assessment requires you to take inventory of yourself. So you have to acknowledge, okay, I need to change some things about me first. And then I know the other things, which are the outward or the outside situations, they can't help but change because I'm not going to be the same. So when I'm changed, other things are going to be different because action reaction. That change is a chain reaction. Action, reaction. So if I'm doing things differently, I'm making the necessary changes so that where I was not successful, I now am successful. And yes, it does matter who we're associating with, who we're linked with, and I'm going to use that word linked because it does matter. You cannot be in association with everyone. Some people, they're not good relations for you. And in terms of your public relations, you have to discern between what's good and what's not good for you. Don't let other people make those judgments for you because ultimately, who has to live with the decisions made? You. So that's a choice you must make. Prayer will help. Meditation. Sacred text reading, um, leading a disciplined life, um, change of diet, because sometimes we are truly what we eat, but sometimes we are ingesting toxic foods as well as toxic information. And if you're ingesting something that's no good for you, in bad, then output is going to be bad. So we need to change our diet, and that's mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and socially. Mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and socially. Once we change our diet and we have a healthy one, holistically, then we can be successful in all aspects of our life. And it's real. This is real talk. Nobody's paying me to say this. I'm just sharing what I've come to know through my own life experience. And I'm hoping that someone out there that's hearing me is taking it to heart and knowing this is beneficial for them too. So warrior is queen, support Thalman and 
anything else that you'd like to share? If you have suggested readings or any more free publishing tips, anything else that you'd like to share, feel free to share it at this time. All right, sure. And thank you for what you just said, um, Sage to Page Poet, because that was a review for me, and I was uh, writing what you were saying. And oh, the last thing was mentally, wait, change your diet. Uh, Socially. You change your diet. Mentally, emotionally. Most, yeah, yes. Mentally, mentally and spiritually. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Socially, emotionally, mm -hmm. mentally, and spiritually. Mm -hmm. All right. And uh, I do have more publishing information, which are two articles, but since it's about, you know, 10 o'clock, I'm going to skip ahead to the free, I mean, the suggested reading. Okay. And the suggested, sure. And I'll save the other two, you know, for next um, episode. Mm -hmm. And tonight's suggested reading is a change of genre. And what I mean is the title is Death of a Salesman, play by Arthur Miller. And I'm going to read just a few of the effective, you know, parts. Willie, this is on Act 1, page 13. Willie, no, it's me, it's me. Suddenly I realize I'm going 60 miles an hour and I don't remember the last five minutes. I'm, I can't seem to keep my mind to it. Linda. But you didn't rest your mind. Your mind is overactive, and the mind is what counts, dear. All right, and that's all I'm going to read for the suggested reading. Mm. And I, yes. Reread that and one I'm more gonna, time. Uh, yes, reread that. I like that. Reread that. I'm sure other people right, like sure, that. This was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is Death of a Salesman by Arthur yes. Miller, the play. And all right, let me say this correctly. Death of a Salesman play by Arthur Miller. And Act 1 on page 13. Willie, no, it's me. It's me. Suddenly, I realize I'm going 60 miles an hour, and I don't remember the last five minutes. I'm, I can't seem to keep my mind to it. Skipping down, Linda, but you didn't rest your mind. Your mind is overactive, and the mind is what counts, dear. The mind, the mind, the mind. The mind is the matter. You know that saying, what is it, mind over matter? But yeah. consider just how we tick or operate as humanity, you know that mind has everything to do with everything. <laughs> and that's why, like people say, mind your own business. Yes. It's how we think. <laughs> that how we act. Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. think, so we do. It's like, really, it's the mind. <laughs> Yes. All right, I'm going to move on. Uh, 
to the next section, which is anti-Trump art warriors resistance. First category A is books. And only one book is The Godfather by Mario Puzo. Section B is shows, which are the following two. Number one, Are You Afraid of the Dark? The Tale of Bigfoot Ridge episode. Message, Find and Destroy Evil's Weakness. And number two, Saturday Night Live, Brett Kavanaugh, Senate hearing skip. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, and I'm going to wrap up with this encouraging message that I had read on episode two, 232, 231, and it's titled about the lone wolf. The wolf on the hill is never as hungry as the wolf climbing the hill. It's not easy going it alone, but if you keep going, stay true to yourself. It will be worth it in the end. The hardest walk you can make is the walk you can make alone. But that is the walk that makes you the strongest. That is the walk that builds your character the most. To all of you fighting battles alone, to all of you going against the grain, battling the naysayers, stay strong. Keep going. Stay strong. Keep going. This walk is hard. But the hardest walks lead to the greatest destinations. The toughest climbs always lead to the best views. It will be worth it in the end. And if you show what you are made of, the right people will show up in your life. You won't be a lone Mm. wolf forever. You have qualities only few can admire because most don't possess. You have strength only few can understand because most have never experienced. So don't give in. Don't settle. Don't lower your expectations to fit into the world. You were born to stand out. You were born to lead. Lead the pack. They say the wolf on the hill is never as hungry as the wolf climbing the hill. Always Mm. be that wolf climbing the hill. Hungry for more. Always hungry to grow. To feed your mind and rise to the highest level you can take yourself, never looking back, always looking forward to the next feast of success and whatever you do. It does not matter if you have to walk alone for a while. It is much better to walk alone in the right direction than to follow the herd walking in the wrong direction. Stay strong. Be different. Your destiny is in your hands. Get out there and hunt it. The end. Wow. That was powerful. That was potent. Encouragement to all our literary artists out there, our scribes, our poets who write, and author books, as well as our writers in general. That was for you tonight. I hope that you took all of what was just shared to heart because that is fuel for your tank. 
to keep you running on those days when there's not much encouragement that's going to be said. That was definitely for you to hold it in reserve, store it up in reserve because there's going to come that time when you're going to want to hear that encouraging word, but there's not going to be one encouraging word said. And that's when you got to draw up from your well all of that which you have stored up for those times and seasons because they do come in our lives. So thanks for sharing that, Warriorist Queen. That was big. Mm. Woohoo! A big, big <laughs> bravo to you for sharing that because that's so needed. A lot of times, you know, people don't understand the path you're on when you're indie or independent artist and you're not um, well-known or you're not a famous writer like Stephen King and Anne Rice and Walker and so forth and so on. Um, so you have to build a brand or a name to claim for fame. So when you have to do that and you're starting from ground zero, it takes a lot of work. You're going to encounter a lot of things. And I look at it like this. The most precious gems are produced out of the most, uh, you can say the most severe conditions. Think of a pearl. It has a very abrasive environment. And it's through that abrasiveness of its environment in that shell um, that it becomes that pearl. And the same with uh, a diamond. It takes a lot of fire and it's heat and it's compressed, you know, that forms that beautiful, brilliant gem we refer to as a diamond. It's first just cold. So we got to realize that, you know, everything that's precious, it, it comes out of, is birthed out of a lot of intensity. And sometimes that intensity, it does, not sometimes, but that intensity also does inc include hardness. It's not a smooth selling experience. So for those of us that are facing that toughness or that hardness, don't quit. You're that pearl in the making. There's a pearl being made within you. And with whatever that work is, it's a precious work that you are engaging in. So don't stop. It, it takes the heat. It takes the heat for that diamond to be bold and brilliant. So just start claiming your fame. Just start saying, you know what? It's a work in process or a work in progress, but I'm willing to stick through. I have that stick to itness. I'm willing to endure the hardness that's required for the outcome, which is going to be brilliant. And you got to know it and just own up to it. Just say that's why things have to be the way that they are, because it's going to be so worth it. In the end, I'm willing to suffer. I'm willing to endure whatever this is for a season, because I know there's going to be that beautiful ending 
that glorious end and that that beauty and brilliance that's going to come forth out of it is going to be so worth it so to all those that wanted to quit i'm hoping that from tonight's broadcast you're encouraged to continue on in your road on your road because this is your path this is your life journey and if you finish the course you won't regret it stay on course stay on course now warriors yeah go ahead yeah I want to add that the message I just read, it was found at Lone Wolf Motivational Video for all those fighting battles alone. Mm. And there's also a transcript to it, yeah. And there's a song uh, that comes to my mind. I'm getting the words um, right now because it definitely speaks to that. It's just a confirmation. And this is, <laughs> okay, one moment, because the wrong song came up. <laughs> All right, oh, one second. This is by um, Jay-Z, actually, it's entitled Success. Um, and it's not the full song, but there's a certain tagline or phrase in it. <clears throat> and it was in a movie, this song was in a movie, American Gangster. And uh, here's, here's the part. And I just want you to kind of reflect on this. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And it's not just Jay-Z, actually. It's Jay-Z and, and the rapper known as Nas. They both um, together. It was a collaboration of the two. But I'm going to read. Your success took a shot at you. What are you going to do now? How are you going to kill it? You're going to become unsuccessful. Frank, you can be successful and have enemies. Uh, be unsuccessful, too, and even have so it's food for thought. I used to give. Now I don't. Meaning I don't care. I'm not. I'm kind of trying to edit or censor my reading of this because there was some profanity used in it. So I'm not going to say that on the air. I just choose not to. Um, what do I think of success? It sucks. Too much stress. I guess I blew up quit because friends I grew up with see me as a preemie, but I'm not. And my nuts big. <laughs> I don't know what the fuss is. My career is illustrious. My rep is impeccable. I'm not to be messed with. Let that breathe. I'm way too important to be talking about extorting. Asking me for a portion like asking for a coffin. Broad daylight, I'll off your on switch. You're not too bright. Good night, long kiss. Bye-bye, 
reply, blah, blah. Blast burner, then pass burner to ta, ta. Finish my breakfast? Why? I got an appetite for destruction and you're a small fry. Now, where was I? I used to give. Now, I don't give. Truth be told, I had more fun when I was pissed poor. I'm pissed off. And is this what success is all about? A bunch of niggas acting like with big mouth, all this stress, all I got is this big house, couple of cars, I don't bring half of them. All of this ace of spades, I drink just to piss out. <laughs> I mean, I like to take myself six hours. How many times can I go to Mr. Chow's toes, no boo? Hold up, let me move my bowels. <laughs> I'm not even say the name. I got watches I ain't seen in months. <laughs> Apartment at the trunk. I only slept in once. <laughs> He's talking about at the trunk. You know, Donald Trump. Niggas said Hova was over mm-hmm. such dummies. Even if I fell, I'll land on a bunch of money. Y'all ain't got nothing for me. Now, the bottom line is, if you really listen to all the lines, and we know the story um, was based on the actual person uh, as for the movie American Gangster. Um, <clears throat> and what I will say is this, it's not all about the Benjamins. A lot of times we think success is all about the Benjamins. Success is bigger than the Benjamins. Success is mind, body, soul, and spirit. Fulfillment. It's not just being fulfilled in your physical plane. It's being fulfilled in every way. That's social, emotional, mental, and spiritual. So we got to think big in that regard and stop being narrow-minded in a unilateral perspective where we only see success as one thing, and that's paper, dollar, now, it's bigger than that. It's bigger than just having a lot of money or just having a big bank account. Success is when you can literally wake up in the morning and say thank you to the one who made it all possible. And you know he's smiling on your life and you have his mercy and his grace because you're going to need it. Waking up fulfilled, having that inner peace that you can't buy with money. Having a mind that's one that's at peace. You can't buy that with money. Having mobility of your limbs and good health. You can't buy that with money. You can buy a bionic arm. You can buy a bionic leg, but can you buy a soul that's just or good? No. That's a divine blessing. So we got to be able to discern the difference between our blessings and just things that are good to have or temporal 
riches because they're just that uncertain riches. Meaning you can have that money today, but that doesn't guarantee two years from today or three weeks or even a month for some. It's going to still be there. Things happen, right? So we have to That's learn true. to identify what real success is from that false glimmer of success, which we see it and think it is, but it's just fool's gold because it's here today and gone the same day or the next day. So it does matter that we can identify what is real and that we know the difference between a blessing and just having a good material gift. I mean, a Rolls Royce, who wouldn't want one? But is that going to satisfy the needs of you having inner peace? Like that bridge over troubled waters? No. Because guess what? At the end of the day, that's not going to give you real joy. Because you're going to realize that's just another, just another weight. And something that you can't take away with you. Or it can't, I mean, it's not going to keep you leveled and grounded in life like eternal blessings of peace and joy and even wisdom does for us so with that being said we just have to realize there's more to life than living in a condo or having a mansion on a hill or owning an island. I remember my grandmother telling me about um, when she had met one of her friends that owned the island. And what that person and that situation was really like. And it just really helped me to keep things in perspective. You know, it's not about just having and owning material things, but it's about having a level head a just or good soul and a spirit that is always communing or having that oneness with its maker. That's what's success. When you have that, everything else will follow. That's good. That, that you should have. It'll follow. It will follow. And, and we just have to know that it will follow. There's this one song, and it's by Loretta Lynn, and it's entitled Success. And I want to share some of the lyrics just to kind of confirm some of what we've heard already. You will succeed. And this is a song encouraged thought because sometimes we don't hear that enough. You will succeed. Just because it doesn't look like you're successful doesn't mean this is the state that you're really in. Just know what you see is temporary. Here's the words. We used to go out walking hand in hand. You told me all the big things you had planned. It wasn't long till all your dreams came true. Success put me in second place with you. You have no time to love me anymore since fame and fortune knocked upon our door. 
Now I spend all my evenings all alone. Success had made a failure of our home. If we could share an evening now and then, perhaps we find true happiness again. You never hold me like you used to do. It's funny what success has done to you. You have no time to love me anymore. Then fame and fortune knocked upon our door. Now I spend all my evenings all alone. Success had, has made a failure of our home. So this is another thing to consider. So you find success, but at whose expense are you successful? So we have to really kind of weigh things out in life. What's worth it? What's worth having or embracing and holding tightly to? Do you have to lose? To gain, in some instances, is not a bad thing to lose. But when you have family and love in your home, is success worth substituting in its stead? So there's, there's choices that we make and choices we'll have to make in our lifetime. And there's another song. And this one is by Duran Duran. Now I'm going to 80s uh, pop. <laughs> so here's the word, it's success again. Here comes success. Here comes success. Here comes my car. Here comes my Chinese rug. Here comes success. Yo! In the last ditch, I'll think of you in the last ditch. I will be true. Sweetheart, I'm telling you, here comes the zoo. Here comes success. Hooray, success. Uh-oh, success. Hooray, success. Uh-oh, success. I can't help myself. I got it. I can't stand it. I need success. Ah, ah, ah. Here comes my face. It's playing face out of the crowd. Sweetheart, I'm telling you, here comes the zoo. Uh, uh, oh, baby, let's blast off. We blast off for success. I'm going to crash my car. I'm going to wear a dress. Oh, you slay me. We're going to do the twist. <laughs> We're going to hop like a frog because we love success. Da, 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 da. Now, here's the thing with that. <laughs> Things got bizarre. First, it seemed like, okay, here comes, you know, my car. Here comes my Chinese rug. Yow, you're all excited, you know. Sweetheart, I'm telling you, here comes the zoo. Now it starts getting twisted, okay. Now you want to wear a dress, okay. And for a guy wearing a dress, come on. <laughs> but this is what you do. For success. So I look at it like this. If I have to trade in what's norm, what's the social norm in my zone, because we all have our own comfort zone. If I have to exchange what's me for something that's not, is it worth it? These are questions we have to ask ourselves. This is taking self 
inventory. What am I willing to give up for quote unquote success? And is it worth it? Is it worth it? And here's another success uh, lyric going to share with everyone. Yeah, we need to focus on that part too, because when you're doing what you're passionate about, I was told this by a well-known actor, Giovanni Rabinsky. When I interviewed him, I interviewed Holly Berry and Bruce Willis, and this was all when they were in Philadelphia doing the movie Perfect Stranger. And Giovanni Rabinsky said, keep doing what you love because the money will follow. And that stuck with me for one reason. A lot of times we follow the money. We do it backwards. And a lot of times when we're following the money, it don't work out ultimately. Here today, it's like a get rich quick scheme. Gone the same day or gone tomorrow or the next week. But when we're doing what we love, we're also using discretion because we're madly in love with whatever it is we're passionate about. So we don't wanna mess up. We don't wanna act up. We want it to be righteous. We want it to be good. And we want to do it for the rest of our life for the most part. So with that being said, we'll endure things that we normally would not to, to have it. So we're not stupid. We know what we're getting into for the most part, but when we're following the money, we get stupid and we start doing things that we normally would not do. And then we live with regret and we should not have to do that. That's living beneath your privilege. So I wanna encourage everyone, it's okay. Success is not a bad thing, but it's the role that you take to acquire it, that's either good or bad. So it's not success that messes us up. It's not success that destroys your relationships, whether it's family, whether it's marriage, whether it's business partnerships or whatever, it's how you go about your success. If you're not being trust and you're not thinking thoughts like, hmm, how can I profit off of this person doing this, that, and the other for my own profit? If you're being vain in that regard, you're not considering who you're going to hurt in the process. You're only considering what you can gain then that's not successful. That's being a person that is a not caring individual. You're willing to succeed, but at the expense of another person not succeeding. That's not a good, that's not a good way to travel on a road to success. So it's all about the road and how you're traveling on it, leading up to your success. 
So you want success, but do you want good success? Some people just want to be successful. They don't care about the moral, the moral peace involved. They could care less. Ethics out the window. They'll do any and everything to be what they call successful. We've got to have standards, people. We've got to take initiative and be more discerning. And, and, and when we make these choices, realize we impact other people by the decisions we make. So if we're doing things and we're not caring who gets hurt. As long as we succeed, that's not the way to speak. That's righteous or justified. It's a way to take, yes, but it's not the best choice. Nor is it what I would say a good option because what ultimately happens, you lose your self-identity because you're literally becoming someone or something that you weren't. And is that really being successful in the end? If you lose self and you become someone that you know you're not, that's not success. It's not good success. It's not truth. So let's drive in all we do to succeed, to advance forward, and to be better. When you are better, you do and make decisions that benefit not just you, but others. And it's a global, it's a global perspective that you have. So you're thinking, how can I make the world a better place? How can I change the world? And, and so in a way where things are better for groups of people, continents, provinces, countries, nations of people. So it's not a selfish thought. Like how can I make myself more prosperous? It's how can I fix an economical situation impacting a community that's not a good option for people that want to thrive in terms of economics and business. How can I be a part of the solution? That's having more of a global perspective. That's how we should be thinking and then all of our choices lining up to that, okay? So I'm gonna start this within this community because I know it will lead to this, which will lead to that, which will lead to the next movement that can impact this whole city for change in a positive light. So you wanna always think ahead Think generational and how can I make things better for the next generation? So it's not just about the here and now. It's not just about me, myself, and I. It's not just about my 
hood alone. It's about the city, the entire city being impacted, and especially those underserved communities, the ones who aren't being considered or preferred first. That's who we want to make sure we're benefiting because the haves, they are already taken care of. They're, they are looked after. They have their own helping them to thrive. But what about the communities? A lot of us, and we know there's things we can start and we can do and plug our communities and neighborhoods in to doing so that they can benefit and become a more prosperous and thriving business community. There's you can do. There's projects, there's platforms we can even create or be responsible in helping to promote that will benefit communities. And that's how we need to think. How can I make my community a better place for people to live? How can it become a better residential community for the seniors, for the for the young? How can can it be made a safer community for our women and men? How, you know, we gotta think like that as far as healthy initiatives. We gotta get more fresh um gardens in our communities where people can go and they can grow and pick their own fresh vegetables and fruits they're popping up they are right in the inner city there's so many of the and a lot of us don't support these things because a lot of us don't invest in these things when you know these things are keeping a lot of people in the community healthy that's what we need to start pouring our or funneling our dollars into. Things that we know are directly rooted within the community. Why should I give my dollars? Should I invest my dollars? If and I'm I'm not trying to be biased here, but if your business that's mm -hmm. in the community is only going to take that money and ship it overseas but you're not giving back to this community that your business is mm -hmm. established in why should i keep your business um pockets full when there's a lot of businesses and independent vendors and they're putting that money right back in the community because they're doing things in the community they're giving to their community yeah. so we got to make yeah that's not right yeah, we got to make those choices because mm -hmm. we're helping people that aren't directly connected mm -hmm. within our community sometimes. And we're mm -hmm. helping them and they're thriving and they're, I mean, they're moving yeah. and advancing forward. But our community mm -hmm. is struggling, starving, just like a lot of indie and independent mm -hmm. artists are starving and struggling. And that dile dilemma has to stop and it starts with us we've got to start saying no i'm going to do differently with my dollars start investing in these businesses that are directly 
investing in our schools, our all our hospitals in the community, all of the businesses within the community that are directly connected with our community. And we'll see the change we don't already see. It starts there. Our money has to talk now. We have to start investing our dollars into those community businesses and those investments within the community that are strictly helping our community thrive better in terms of business and economics. And we'll start seeing that change. We'll start seeing that change. A lot of people are not even aware. Some of the businesses that they'll say, oh, that's a Black-owned business. But if that's a business that was set up that has its roots in Washington, D.C., or in Minnesota, or in uh, Texas, its roots are there, then if I'm putting money into that business, where is that money going? Washington, Minnesota, Texas. And that's why Washington is thriving, Minnesota is thriving, and Texas is thriving, and Philly is not. Because you have people coming to Philly, and they're starting businesses here, but their heart and soul is not for the community of Philly. They're giving that money outside. That money is going outside. Someone was sharing with me. They said, oh, yeah, this nice ballroom or whatever just opened up but i just found out that the owners are from new york and that's pretty much where the the uh profits are going so mm. i'm like so they come yeah, in new york and yeah. it's like leasing they'll they'll have a property for a certain amount of time because they have a financial goal and as soon as they reach that network status, they're going to move. They're going to pick up and move to the next city. They don't have no real roots in terms of the community here. So we wonder, well, why do we see our community? It's just like certain neighborhoods just going down and down because there's no investing, long-term investments made mm -hmm. from a business origin. We have businesses coming back that are willing to stay in these communities. And the people of the community are funneling their money in them. And they're going to give back to the community. Programs they can start because they have access to resources to do it for the community. And certain projects even launched, we'll see, different, we'll see a change. But we need people right here in the city that have the capital to say, you know what, this city is worth saving. And I'm willing to invest. I'm going to start something in the Southwest community. I'm going to start something in North Philly. I'm seeing North Philly starting to blossom, but this is the thing. At whose expense? Who are we moving out? Are we displacing yeah. residents? Mm -hmm that are cornerstones within these communities. So gentrification, gentrification yeah. is need killing you, us. Yeah. Need your reservations. Mm -hmm. The haves are coming in 
and the have-nots are being pushed out mm-hmm. and the have-nots are the original mm-hmm. dwellers or residential um mm-hmm. homeowners and some even business owners and some of them they're saying well i was offered money and cash up front so i gave up my store i gave up my business because they offered mm-hmm. me cash up front and we don't realize now what they're doing is they're coming in and buying us out because they want to take it over. And then our communities aren't recognizable anymore. We don't see us anymore. We see others. Mm-hmm. So it's at whose expense? Mm-hmm. The success, the progress, gentrification at our expense. So we got to start saying, wait a minute. For the ones that had the money, we got to put a stop to that. Because if we don't start establishing our businesses within our communities again, we won't have any businesses in our communities. And it comes down to that. Because I'm seeing the change. I've lived in the city much of my life and have been privileged and blessed to travel outside. Mm-hmm. But I see the change and it's not all good. Mm-hmm. It's progress at but at whose mm-hmm. expense. So we've got to understand that success yeah. is not always good. There's bad success too. And if we don't start investing in our own, we're not going to have anything to show for it. And we'll lose what we had. And that's what's happening. There's a lot of stores, and they used to be owned by us. But they're mm-hmm. not anymore. And some of the some of the people that are buying, they don't even care about us. Mm-hmm. They take our money and it's just like, thank you. And next. So we got to think about it. What kind of legacy are we leaving for the next generation of our communities? Are we teaching them how to invest? Or are we teaching them how to give up what they have? Because even in this game, they call it... Um, they say, oh, it's a, a, a seller's market or it's a buyer's market. And if you don't have anything, you can't, if you don't have anything to invest, you're not going to own stock in anything. So we've got to teach financial literacy. You know, we're teaching literacy, mm-hmm. but not in, in, in a whole and balanced way. We need to teach it in a whole and balanced way again in our schools. And in our homes, because if our children are not learning financial literacy at home and at school, they're already fighting a losing battle in the world, in the real world. Because in the real world, competition, they're teaching their children from the cradle Mm. how to invest, how to own buy and sell. 
So we need to start changing the dialogue and put the special emphasis on what counts. Money smarts or money, good money sense. We need to start teaching that in the home and it's in the schools again to our youth. They need to learn early before second grade. They need to have a strong knowledge base in terms of investing and finance. Yeah. yeah. It you know what? I would, well, this is Warriors Queens of Poor. Yeah. This is Warriors Queens of Poor, and I want to add to your comments, Fran. Mm-hmm. Is that when I was in elementary, this reminds me when I was in elementary school and the music teacher had uh, sang this song to us, one of the classes, and it's called Save Your Money. Mm. Yes. That's and it. Save Your Money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like that you said elementary because they taught us that. I remember mm-hmm. even in teaching, teach in element when you teach the lower levels in education, teach it in a song and they won't forget it. Teach it mm-hmm. in a song and they won't forget it. And there is a save that money lyric. Here it goes. Save that money, it says. Trap God and we serving up the whole world. A, where the gold at, baby? A, where the clothes at, baby? A, where the dough at, baby? And the banger. But you know, I ain't trying to blow that, baby. A, we gonna save that money. We gonna save that money. We gonna save that money. What we do, we gonna save that money. Rap game got it all wrong. We ain't about to go and spend money just to flex on her. We ain't really got it like y'all. I'm the type of that'll check that check, do the math. I ain't never getting robbed. Those margaritas not going on my card. I ain't about to split anything mm-hmm. for convenience sake. I'm at the restaurant working that waitress. You ain't heard of Lil Dave or L. The Jew biz major, you know about the world he was raised in. The bottom line is, save that money is trying to say, we got our priorities wrong. There's things that we need to be doing that we're not doing. And the next generation is paying for mm-hmm. our negligence. And that's not a good thing. When you are in debt and it becomes a generational debt. That's not a good thing. And I understand, yes, people of color have never received reparations for what was done to them in this land. Not the indigenous people, nor Mm -mm. those that were over from Africa or just those that got into the trade were enslaved and sold because that was even done here, I was told. So we've got to acknowledge, okay, they did us wrong, yes. But how can we turn this thing around? It's time for us now to take back the power that was stolen from us and to say, wait a minute, I can control my destiny. And yes, that means financially speaking, I've got to turn things around. 
I've got to start saving that money. I've got to start investing wisely and doing the right thing with my dollars. And we can. Yes, we can. We can do that. And it starts even with a song, teaching the children. Like, it's in the raps. There's some raps that's not bad rapping. Right. And there's, it's, it's, there's well, good I, rap, just like there's that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm going to sign off for now. Okay, well, thank you so much for what you shared. And do you have any suggested readings for us? Oh, I already read it earlier. It was uh, Death of a Salesman oh, by Austin okay. Miller. The play, yes. yes. I mean, de- the play Death of a Salesman by Arthur Miller, yes. And I'm going to share, this is a lyric and can save your soul. And it's by Savoy Brown. Uh, well, you've got a new man and you got a lot of money, but, but what good will that do? Did you want to in the money? Baby, save to leave now. While it still ain't old, money can't ease your mind. Come back and leave it all behind. You're in his house and it sure looks fine with three other girls, but you're first in line. When your time comes around, the money will go and you'll be homeward bound. Money can't save your soul. You better leave now while still ain't old. Money can't ease your mind. Come back and leave it all behind. Money can't better leave now while it still ain't old. Money can't ease your mind. Come back and leave it all behind. And again, that's entitled Money Can't Save Your Soul, lyrics by Savoy Brown. I just want to drive that point home tonight because a lot of times people, I've heard people say this, if I just had more money, they think that more money or more money (laughs) is going to make their lives (laughs) better. Sometimes more money or more money actually brings on more problems and more yeah, sleepless like the song uh, by Puff Daddy and uh, Mace. Yeah, like the song Puff Daddy and Mace, more money, more problems. <laughs> That's it. More is not mm-hmm. always, sometimes less is more, and that's a phrase, and it's a true one. Sometimes less is more. So a lot of times what we think we need more of, that's not necessarily true it's other things that we're lacking and we're trying to substitute those other things we're lacking or other things we're deficient in with money and money is not an end all be all you got to know that it's not what you would classify as that essential life substance like water like you cannot live without water three days without water uh-huh. it's over you might as well call the the um <laughs> you might as well call the undertaker yourself if you're on that <laughs> mission because that's a suicide <laughs> mission 
Um, <laughs> that's not funny. That's just... <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. Suicide. <laughs> but can we live without a Rolls Royce? Can we live without a six-figure bank account? Can we live without a mansion and a yacht? Yes. But can we live without water? Never. <laughs> so we got to make those choices, those wise decisions in our life and realize <laughs> what we really need or gotta have as opposed to what we just want because sometimes it's so yeah, I just want yeah. gets us in trouble yeah i just want i just want to add about you know suicide mission alone without water that's more paid for the undertaker oh i got another check Ooh, i got another piece of money hey you just hit on something right there. We making the Undertaker's pockets fat, and we leaving here too soon. We going too soon. We got to change that. We got to change that. Yeah, that's just not cool. All right. Well, I'm signing off for tonight. Okay. Well, thank you again. Warrior mm -hmm. is Queen Deport Thelman. It is always a pleasure. All the information that you're sharing, the suggested readings, is always provoking our thinking mm -hmm. to a higher level of thinking. And it's good food for thought. So want to commend mm -hmm. you. Keep up the good work. And we look forward to mm -hmm. doing this all again next Tuesday. Same time, same Alrighty. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Peace and blessings. All right. And good night. Same to you. And good night, everyone in Radio Land. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Good night. So I'm I'm still privileged. We have about five, six, seven, eight, nine. We got six minutes. And I'm going to share, and this is Sage. The poet. That's my signature. I'm gonna share a poem because there's just enough time for that and i do this in and with love um i just want to say to everyone thanks for tuning in and just know this success is only good when it's social emotional mental and spiritual that's called holistic and it's good success in that regard is good success so here we go now this is food for thought some of us say i want to be free some of us say i am free this is a poem i wrote entitled change and it's all about staying free because i am means nothing if later i am not becomes your lot. So let's stay free. And here's how we do that. Breaking away, falling off, loosening the chains, no longer holding me prisoner. I imprison the chains, i.e. guilt. 
shame, doubts, fears, vanity, foolish pride. Chains breaking away, falling off, loosening. The chains that once held tight to my life are all washed away. My freedom is incumbent. I hold this truth to be self-evident. I am freer every day. No more chains. No more bondage. No more self-hate. No more pity. No more impotence. No more insolence. No more lying. No more conniving. Slavery is not an option. A new hope is evident. I am freedom. End of peace. I want to say to all, thank you for tuning in to tonight's broadcast episode 232 of the Exceptional Scribble Show. And don't forget, every third Tuesday of every month, the Writing King, otherwise known as Richard G. Lowe Jr., will be in the spotlight on this show's panel, The Exceptional Scribble Show. Don't just tune in for that hour. Invest. Your writing is so worth it. And guess what? He's affordable to you. I'm going to share his context. If you're looking for someone to do a writer's conference, or maybe you would like your book club to discuss his book with him live via the web, here are his contacts. You can visit www.thewritingking.com or email Richard G. Lowe Jr. at Rich, spell R-I-C-H, at thewritingking.com. I repeat, Rich at thewritingking.com. Let's start investing in our gift. Writers, I know you hear me. I know you are with me because we're in this struggle together as indie slash independent literary artists. Some people like to refer to us as stringers if we write as a freelance published journalist because we're not locked into a contract. We're writing for a variety of entities, whether they're magazines, online or offline, community, local papers, 
other writers, you know? That's an option too, ghostwriting. So I wanna say to everyone under the sound of my voice, stop blocking your blessings. No more can't. Yes, you can. Are you willing? Because guess what? Success is willing. Success is willing to be yours, but are you willing? Are you willing to obtain success? It's going to come and it's not going to come easy at first. You've got to, just like a seed has to be planted to the dirt, you've got to bury some things and they have to die for the life that needs to birth and be born for the better self. You're gonna have to give up the old for the new. So things that you once did, you can't do anymore. For success, you gotta make sacrifices. You gotta be willing to give it up. Some of the time you had that you used for things that really didn't benefit and don't matter, you gotta stop that. And now you've got to give up that time spent doing things that don't benefit your soul or your your self emotionally and mentally or even socially and you've got to make new friends sometimes you got to get rid of the old in exchange for new friends it's all about success and good success is what we're talking about so yes i love all i love you dearly i'm not trying to disengage from anybody but i'm all about the truth and this platform is one that was designed that way. So I'm not gonna come to you with lies. I've gotta tell the truth. All success is not good. And that's what I, I tried to articulate in the best manner I could without being offensive and without using five and ten dollar words i tried to come to you with layman terminology so i hope that you were able to digest and that you did process the information shared and everyone who shared thank you so much kane spade known as mr dsr because dsr fire inc radio he is producer of that and there's a lot of programs a lot of artists that come under that label and broadcast. And like he said, he took a sabbatical. He was off the radio for a while. He's back on. And for him to grace the platform and to let us know he's back on the radio. And he thought enough of us to even call in and to share. Wow, that's big. Let brotherly love continue. And I want to give a big shout out to that brother. King Spade, he's real. That's called real love. I deal with the real love. Also, Richard, he doesn't have to do this. He doesn't have to do this. Every third Tuesday monthly from eight till nine, Richard G. Lowe is in the spotlight on this show panel. Why? Because he cares. He wants the writers 
to know. There's information that you have not yet been told. There's information yet to be accessed by you and I. And he's freely giving it. Liberal. He's liberal in his giving of it. Bless him. Bless you, every listener. Thank you for supporting this show. Warrior is Queens of Port Thelman. Yes, she is the co-host of the Exceptional Scribble Show. And she is also referred to as the librarian because any literature that's good, she's gonna recommend, she's gonna suggest it as a reading every week for us. She's going to share articles from journals, from newsletters, from magazines. Yes, these are all literacy enrichment resources. And she's doing it with discretion because she knows what's good and she cares. These are the kind of people I'm gonna make certain to continue to bring on this show's panel weekly, because I know this will benefit you and the whole of us as for the literary artist community. So I wanna say to every writer, don't stop, don't quit, keep doing what you love. The big payoff is coming. It's coming. It's coming. So in closing, I leave you with peace and love. And music. That's art too. Beautiful. Peace, love, and harmony. And yes, good music. Peace, love, and harmony, a universal language that is divine in nature called music. So everyone, thank you. We will continue to be on every Tuesday. Don't miss inspiration. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.